Straw Hut Media. A lot of us start out life with high hopes and lofty dreams about what will be when we grow up. Maybe the goal is to be president, or an astronaut, or a movie star. I myself wanted to be a writer. Some of us get there, and some of us end up choosing another path. My guest today, John Duff, spent a long time dreaming about being a pop star. Even though he's had his share of success, he's also found himself swimming against the current a few times. But the release of his two recent singles finally set him on his spotlit path. Still, navigating the world of fame is a feat on its own. Today, we'll talk about the journey, the music, the haters, and the message. So stick around. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. Just about a month ago, John Duff released his second single, Rich. Besides the boppy beat and catchy chorus, the song and the video are a satirical look at the vapid content that defines pop culture. Uh, Hello, I'm John Duff. I just turned 30 last Wednesday and I'm happy to be here. On the the tail end of the release of my new song, uh, Rich. Growing up outside Baltimore, Maryland, John says he always had an affinity for doing things that other boys didn't do. I now know plenty of boys who do what I do, but growing up in a, in a smaller town, no, I was the only one. Over the years, he did a lot of talent shows, performing songs by Elvis and Michael Jackson. He tried to learn an instrument, but that didn't go very well. Uh, I think they kicked me out of the band when I was in fourth grade trying to play cello. Once I learned how to do a pitch bend on the thing, there was, there was no point in teaching me anything else. And all of that led him to musical theater. Because the one thing you can always find, no matter where you are, is drama camp. That became my main outlet as a performer all the way through high school, performing in the musicals. My, my, my uh, high school drama teacher did not like me, so I was an ensemble member uh, primarily. Even though his drama teacher wasn't his biggest fan, John excelled throughout high school. He won awards and regional competitions, and eventually ended up graduating from Syracuse University with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in musical theater. And then he moved to New York City. Uh, The first thing I did when I got out of college was a TV show called The X Factor that uh, Simon Cowell produced after American Idol. They totally hated me. Before I I got three words out of my first song on the audition stage, which was for 4,000 people and however many million of people at home. And they first implied that I was transgender. Simon Cowell asked me if I wanted to be a woman. And then Paula Abdul called me strange. And then they asked me to sing another song. So, and that was after three words of one song. So pretty much my dreams of being a pop star that were always my secret dreams, because when you're a gay man, that's not an option or it wasn't an option. We're starting to see it now as an option. But for me, no, it was not an option. And they were still on that train that it wasn't an option, which now, you know, they, they want all the gays on their shows. They want to do all of that stuff. Um, So that deterred me big time. One day while riding the subway home from a class, John overheard a conversation between two people next to him. They had just left an audition they were running. One of them noticed John eavesdropping and asked, do I know you? And I was like, no, you don't know me, but I was just wondering what you're talking about. And they said, "Uh, well, we just wrote a musical about Saved by the Bell and we had auditions. And I said, oh, you should see me for it. I'm really good. And they said, well, you could be a Slater, you know, 
Um, and I was like, yeah, I can definitely be a Slater. And they're like, well, do you want to read for it? And we're on the train. And I said, sure. Uh, so I read for it. And of course, you know, I'm a great cold reader. That was really one of my talents. So they were impressed. And then they said, can you sing? And I said, yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm, I could sing. Uh, I had a resume on me too, because I was coming from a class. So I gave it to them and they called me. Bayside the Musical ended up being produced by National Lampoon and running for three years in New York. John was with the production the whole time, and it led him to his next role as Uncle Jesse in another National Lampoon show, Full House the Musical, which also starred Perez Hilton as Danny Tanner. I was backstage one day um, playing piano and singing something, and Perez Hilton said, you know, what is that? And I said, I wrote it. He said, that's that's really good. It's like, not everyone can make up melodies. That's You should move to L.A. and... Um, Write, be a songwriter. And I was like, well, I want to be a pop star. Said, well, you're not going to be a pop star. You know, <laughs> you're too old. Your hairline's receding. I, he went in on me. And then he also told me, but you're not going to make it on Broadway either. So just <laughs> give, basically give up. Uh, that's never. Which is terrible advice. Well, some of it was good, right? When, when <laughs> yeah. someone's that brutally honest, when, when that's their whole shtick, you have to pick and choose what you, what you've, agree with or don't agree with and what I ended up taking from it was he really thinks I'm a good songwriter even if Perez Hilton wasn't 100% convinced about John's star quality since the release of his first single Girly last year John has definitely dipped at least a toe into the realm of stardom this year he released Rich just before his 30th birthday so my new song is like I wrote to be just intentionally vapid, um, and I really left it so skin and bones, melodically and um, rhythmically. Everything is just so much space in between it because I'm, I'm, in my opinion, I'm holding a mirror to what I see and what I see people wanting. I think you know, like I said about pop music in general, it's redundant and and soulless, and I. It wasn't always that way. I, I think a lot of it is now, not all of it. Um, but people want soulless because, <laughs> because things are so dark, because people are feeling so many things. We want to hear that um, stuff that just is about nothing. And so I wrote this on a couple years ago. It had been sitting around and the truth was I wanted to make the video. Um, otherwise, <laughs> it's... I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying this stuff. It's not my favorite song of mine at all. And I, but I, but I like it and I like walking down the street to it. And I love the production. The production's so fire. Um, but in terms of like representing me as a writer, it's not the best representation of me, but it's clever and it's cute and you can view it however you want to view it. You can take it as, uh, this is a, pop song just a literal pop song. it sounds like a lot of themes that people are singing about or you can view it as wow he's really ripping into these people and this is a very satirical piece um i wrote it as satire uh which which like i also think satire should be taken seriously i, I think a lot of people look at satire and think it's parody it's not parody they're two different things um, i'm using total it's totally different anyway um, this song's great. The production's great. Um, Alex De La Cotta produced it. He has some really great hits under his belt. Uh, it's it's cool. 
I like Rich, and I think you should download it and listen to it and argue with Fight Me on it. Tell me the tell me you think it's my best song. <laughs> Someone does. I've had people say it's their favorite song, and that makes that's just cool. That's just cool to make someone's favorite song. I think putting out the song five day rich five days before my birthday led me let me lead into my 30th year with a great deal of a, with a great sense of accomplishment um yeah yeah and so i just and i went to therapy the day of my 30th birthday and that was a cool move because i realized i really like where i am and that i've grown up a ton particularly this year and if I was stuck, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get emotional saying this. If I got stuck where I am right now for the rest of my life, I'd be okay with that. In the music video for Girlie, John pays homage to almost every 90s pop star you can think of. The bulk of the video is modeled after Mariah Carey's iconic Heartbreaker music video, but he also manages to squeeze in nods to Britney, Madonna, Christina Aguilera, and Beyonce. 90s music is probably John's biggest influence. He says that during the 90s, people were happier and had more patience for intricate melodies. You know, I believe melodies are catchy. I don't need to hear the same word over. You know, here's a popular song that you might have heard 15 versions of from the past couple of years, but like work, 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 work. Like, I don't need that to be catchy. And, you know, for me personally, I'd rather hear like a Mariah Carey song. I like the complicated, throw me some Shakespearean vocabulary, Babyface, Stevie Wonder. That's where um, I take a lot of my inspiration. And so my music is a combination of that. And um, I have a lot of 808 bass and hip hop production. So right now it's kind of hard to place what I'm doing because I'm not following anyone else's sound. But when I find out what my style is, I will let you know. And then I will ask Spotify to put me on playlists because right now they don't do that. <laughs> You're like, this is, I know where I am now. <laughs> uh, yes, Got exactly. It. I've always been a lost, lonely lamb. And <laughs> this is no exception. Do you, do you feel like queer pop stars are becoming more of a thing, right? You have like Kim Petras, you have Vincent, you have a lot of people who are sure. just... Like it, you had said like Simon Cowell and Paul Abdul were like, nope, you'll never, no, it's not going to work. Right. Where now it's like a thing, right? Oh, it's, it's definitely a thing. And it's, I, I still, I have to be honest and I, this is going to sound, I need to be really careful with how I say this. Um, currently we are ex- very accepting of queer artists. Um, I take a little bit of heat for being like cis, white, and attractive actually I, I hate to say like that but they're like you shouldn't be making queer music because you don't really live the queer struggle but i also got told my entire life that i couldn't do this so i'm in i think we're all in the same boat and we have to embrace that i'm just happy that people are getting popular from this boat and so with like Kim and um, Vincent and Parson and like even Todd, you know, Todrick over here is blowing up. It's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. Rich calls attention to and criticizes society's obsession with the rich and famous and shallow interest in real world issues. It's especially harsh on the Kardashians. 
The video also has a few cameos from viral internet celebrities like Rebecca Moore, the self-proclaimed cock destroyer, Justin Jedlica, the human Kendall, and John's good friend, Chris Crocker. What is the deal with you and Chris Crocker? Oh, Chris Crocker. Is, is there a deal? Is it just a friendship? Is it? Yeah. No, Chris Crocker and I are best friends. And it is so bizarre. We met two plus years ago now um, at Mickey's, which is a gay bar on Santa Monica. I've got to be honest here. I met him. I, I'm very um, good. For my friend Roy, um, Bianca Del Rio, and my friend Danny Adore Delano, we were all out. And uh, Danny Adore has been friends with Chris since they were teenagers. And so I was introduced to him. And then I was at the drag show. And the drag show is really long. I've got to be honest. I blacked out. I do not remember. I'm. St- can I say that? I don't remember the end of the night at all. But I woke up. <laughs> at my own place you know in my own bed and i had chris's phone number he had texted me so i'm like oh my god i made friends with chris crocker last night and that was that was it um now we did like a world of wonder uh series where we talked about our relationship and that was where i found out that um for him at the beginning it it was um he had a different interpretation than I did. I was like, we're friends. Oh my God. He was like, we're dating. Uh, so that was a, a weird start to our relationship. But as time went by, we've really just become like an incredible support system. And honestly, he's been through so much. And he, as a, as a queer gay man, he is is so insightful. He's really think about it when he did leave Britney alone in 2007, you know, the whole world laughed at him and it was the first viral video and and there's clips from CNN where they're making fun of him. So the strength of this person is, is just beyond, uh, admirable. So I'm, he's my best friend and he's my soundboard and I'm so proud of his crazy ass because he's still crazy to this day, but he he owns all parts of it. So he's a cool dude. I do love his Twitter feed because he's crazy. <clears throat> In like a fun, fun way. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah, he goes off. That's the best part. Yeah. I, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, there's a million people following him. Plus, because they all feel that way. His people are yeah. so protective of him. It's amazing. we come back, we'll have a dialogue about coming out, cancel culture, toxic positivity, and the life-changing magic of letting go. Plus, we're all dying to know, is that really John's butt in the rich music video? Tell us your coming out story. Well, I was sucking dick. No, I. By um, <laughs> <laughs> coming out, through, uh, I was always a very visible human being. I was told I was gay long before I ever knew what gay was, you know, starting in third grade, I think, second grade. Um, and for the longest time, because people are telling you you're a thing that you don't have ownership over. 
it really hurts. And so I remember getting to seventh grade and that was like, why do they all think this about me? I, I can't do this anymore. I, you know, I was a little suicidal and of course you go to counseling and everyone talks you down and, and I'm like, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. And when you, when you create that emotion toward yourself fighting against the very thing that you are, because other people are speaking to you negatively, of course it becomes a really horrible experience. But, um, I was in high school and I don't know, ma'am, this one boy got outed. Um, he was on the lacrosse team and then this other boy like jumped out and they were both like cute and nobody really cared. And rather than come out, I just started dating a boy at the rival high school that I met on MySpace, and and the word just kind of got around. So I think more, I just decided one day that if people asked me, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> and then it just happened. I was out. I don't know. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. I hate to say that because I believe like feminine men don't have to be gay or whatever, but everyone knew. I was queer as a $2 bill. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, that's like what my grandfather would say. So, yeah. For sure. He'd be like, Elton John is great. He's queer as a $2 bill, though. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So you were just like out. It was just a thing. There was no like moment, really. Like everyone kind of knew, and then you just started dating people. So, talking about dating people right yeah. now with you yeah. pursuing your music career are you able to pursue those sorts of things or are you just hyper focused on okay. music someone just did an astrology reading on me and told me that like this little passing that we're in like the next month i was going to be a very sexual person Cur i okay let me be honest i just had a surgery like two weeks ago um I had like had to get a colonoscopy. I had like a polyp up in there that can ju that just happens. Like it didn't. It, your body just does it. Um, so honestly, I'm very off limits with the downstairs area. So right now, my dating life is limited to text message. Um, but when it comes to the music and whatever, I don't know. I I wish I was dating more because I want to be like Taylor Swift and write about that stuff. Instead, I always just find myself writing songs like nobody likes me and I don't like them either. <laughs> Which is all right, too. Oh, my God. I love it. My manager's always like, you're so negative. I'm like, I I honestly, I take negativity and I make it empowering because I, I don't, I don't believe in, I believe in toxic positivity. And I also believe in allowing ourselves to feel negative things because that's the truth. There are two sides to every battery i mean there, we need the negative to charge the positive it just is what it is santa so talking about negativity then have you encountered homophobia while performing duh i mean like the thing that happened to me on the x factor was so devastating uh, absolutely yeah um, it really like i can't explain it I just felt so worthless afterward and that really there wasn't a place for me. And I've experienced a lot of it from other gay people who've just said, you know, who view everything that I do as a joke because I'm gay, that my artistry is somehow second best because, because I'm gay. Um, whereas I'm like, what I'm doing is badass. And if a straight dude was doing it, I think people would like, well, I guess they'd be mad. I guess that we'd call that appropriation now, right? They kind of say that, that about me now anyway. I don't think I'm appropriating anything, though. This was what I was doing in my basement my whole life. This is my fantasy world as a performer. So 
I don't know. I, I there's just it's always there's just criticism from everyone all the time. It's so lame. <laughs> I think that that's definitely where culture is at right now. Right, like it's very hard to make everyone happy, and if you make anything that's perceived as some sort of mistake, they will come for you no matter who you are and how much they loved you yesterday. Well, it's because it's a control issue, right? So people feel like they have no control over anything right now because times is tough. And so they want to look at someone and say, this is what's wrong with the world and point at a person and cancel them. The thing is, nobody's going to cancel me ever because I want to allow myself to be canceled. The only people who, I don't know, man, it's really frustrating. There's a lot of people who are out there convinced that criticism is a talent and it's not. And I will not take it. I just don't, I don't know. I won't take That's it. That's your your Instagram bio is canceled since 2011. Yes, sir. Because what happened what what happened was this is really sad. I was um I was really drunk at Gay Pride in 2011. And this was right after X Factor happened. And I was a very angry young man. I was like 20 years old. And I was probably on more than just alcohol. And I definitely was. A little a little upper. And um someone came up to me and said uh, what do you think, uh, or what do you think about Lady Gaga or something? And I was like, <laughs> pissed because I'm like, this is gay pride, and every single song that I'm hearing, and this was 2011, so remember, Firework by Katy Perry, We Are Who We Are by Kesha, F Imperfect by Pink. Um, who says you're not perfect by Selena Gomez? Raise your glass by Pink. It just was all coming out. And it had all come out before Born This Way, by the way. And then Born This Way came out and everyone's like, she's the savior of gay people. And I was just pretty mad because I'm like, the music industry's capitalizing off of gay people without representing gay people. So they're telling us they accept this, but I literally just got laughed at to my face by Paula Abdul and stuff. So I was angry and I have my own reasons. But this video goes viral of me every year. <laughs> And they come for me. They send me death threats. They tell me I'm the dumbest person in the world. But what I'm saying wasn't dumb, actually. What I was saying was real and it really affected me. And a lot of people agreed with it. And I don't think it would go viral every year for 10 years if people didn't think it was a smart point. Right. But so, yes, I've been canceled since 2011. And uh, it, it was it's so overwhelming to have that many people coming at you and telling you you're the dumbest, most worthless person ever and that you should die. Um, but, you know, I guess at the same time, they're thinking about me. So a, a little bit ago, you mentioned like that you're I think you said your managers like they say, oh, you're so negative. But <laughs> like. In my Fra writing, in my writing, because I'm always like, I'm so alone. Nobody will ever love me. I hate LA. This place is awful. Like, uh, what else do I say? Like, it's, it's always that. Those are my themes. Unrequited but, love. <laughs> but like talking to you, you actually sound pretty optimistic and positive, right? Like about yes. your career, your music, what you create. So where do you find that inspiration, you know, to stay like, yeah, LA does suck, right? The traffic's awful. You're right about appropriating queer culture. Like it was okay to talk about queer things, but if you're a queer pop star and you're male, it's not going to work. You know, mm -hmm. where do you find that inspiration? Um, well, I go to therapy all the time. I had to adapt for survival because it's like, if I let all of these things affect me, and truly negatively and I, I don't just embrace them for what they are, then yeah, I, I'm going to kill myself. 
And instead I say, okay, I feel this. You have to feel it to heal it. So I have to feel this. I have to accept this and, you know, let it go, Frozen. Um, <sighs> you honestly seem like a positive person. You know, like you are optimistic about things. Like you're not a negative person, yes. even if that's what goes into your music. So for people who I think a lot of LGBT people, specifically young people that may have aspirations or dreams, what you just said can really feel like their only option, right? That they just have to take their own lives. And yes. talking about therapy and mental health, that's all super important. So how do you, how have you gotten that to that point where that's like, despite negativity and, and a bunch of crap, you still find the I, light? I look, I've been suicidal many times in my life. I can't, I would care not to talk about when it's happened to me most recently because it wasn't that long ago. But what I've learned is if you can go that far into the darkness and you can see things that that way, you have to be pretty damn smart. I don't think dumb people get depressed. I think it's the more you know, the more you you have the propensity to be upset about it. And so with me understanding my emotions and understanding what's going on around me and seeing just how helpless we are in this situation, which we are, you can view that as a real lack of power, or you can view it as, oh my gosh, this is all laid out for me and all I have to do is show up because I don't have any control over anything. So all I can do is, is love people and be compassionate, understand that other people are going through things because if I can go there, they can go there. They probably are there. Um, and I'm someone who talks about things. So I know there are people who aren't talking about things. Um, so I, I think it's just awareness. And yeah, therapy is really important. Talking to people is really important. Um, yoga, all that stuff, meditation, breathing, drinking water. Taking time, it's awareness. It's all just awareness of where your mind is and where it's going. And you can't allow it to go. You're in control of that and pretty much nothing else. I think I, I definitely agree with you that if you aren't aware, maybe they're not dumb people. They're just not aware. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. That's real. It, it really is. You're absolutely right. It is. Um, but obviously you don't have that blessing. Oh, no, girl, I'm so. screwed. I'm the smartest person I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do understand the theory of relativity. And when you understand what Albert Einstein was saying, it kind of makes things come off a little worthless, like the whole experience. But if it's all worthless, then why not do whatever you want to do? Right. And I, I tell that all the time to my friends when they're struggling. They're like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. I don't know why I'm even here. I said, great. If, 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 it, if you're this close to jumping off a bridge, then why not take that, that energy, that freedom, that, <laughs> and do whatever you want to do? Right. If nothing matters, you can if, do anything. If nothing matters, like get lit, go be a singer, go try and sing I Will Always Love You at karaoke every night, even if you can't sing. Who cares? Go do whatever you want. Embarrass yourself. Have fun. Right, because at the end, I guess that's all that matters, right? Like, you, you're right. You can't control anything, so it's just fun. Yeah. Yep. Love each other. Be compassionate. Understand. Like, look, people. Everyone's going through it. So about your music video, just a quick question. So yeah. is that your butt in the Kim Kardashian So it is my scene? butt. 
It is my butt, but there is a little bit of an effect on it to make it bigger. And at the end of the video, if you look, I don't know. It's about three seconds. Oh, the clip. I, I know what you're talking about. It where it's starts like, with it my, grows. <laughs> it, it grows. So the, the, at the very first second of that, that's my real butt. Got it. Okay. I have an amazing butt. So if you're looking for a reason to watch my video, if I didn't sell you on the song, please go um, gay people and watch it. John has another upcoming song that's a little different from his previous releases. In fact, it's a ballad. Um, this one's a little more of a raw uh, from the heart thing. This one's not clever. It's clever, but it's not intentionally clever. And that's I'm really excited to start getting into that part of me the honest stuff i have music about this january when i went completely off the rails and i have music about being told i needed to be medicated and i have music about my feelings toward all of that and that's what i'm really excited to share also on the horizon for john a feature film coming out in select theaters and streaming this november it's called cubby and has already garnered a few nominations as it ran through the lgbtq film festival circuit it's great it's like the first gay slacker film they're calling it So where can everyone connect with you or where should they connect with you? The bar. No, um, you can connect with me. <laughs> My main uh, source of connection is Instagram and that's at I am John Duff. Uh, I do a lot of stories and I post quite a bit and that's my main my main thing but my YouTube is I am John Duff. Um, that's where you can see girly and rich uh, and then Spotify John Duff uh, Apple Music John Duff um, Twitter is I was John Duff because once I did some problematic shit on Twitter in January someone um, hijacked my username and started posting awful things about me on my page so we had to have that page scrubbed so it's I was John Duff now <laughs> that makes it fun oh my gosh you know what I'm I like it I enjoy it. Whatever. Tear me apart. Go for it. The greatest thing Jesus did was remain defenseless. And so he's a big inspiration to me. Just let them say what they're going to say. Because they're going to say what they want to say. So go and watch the videos for Girly and Rich and see if you can spot all the references. Keep an eye out for that forthcoming ballad. And in the words of TLW in 2000 and Tay Swift 14 years later, haters gonna hate. But that ain't got nothing to do with me and you. That's the way it is. So, shake it off. Amen. Thanks for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. Yes, it's at Pride. It's that easy. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. 
I tried my best not to swear. I think I did really good. I think I said like three cuss words the whole time. Maybe three. 